Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to another episode of the Blind Broadcaster Podcast. My guest this week is player owner of the Middle Tennessee Nightmares women's football team, Jocelyn Fitzgerald. And yes, my employer. If you like this episode and want to hear more interviews, maybe a couple of explicit features as we talk football, women's football and football in general. If you like what you hear, rate, subscribe, review. Email me with suggestions and ideas for the pod at luther.king.tsb at gmail.com. Twitter at king underscore tsb. And if you want to try to find me on Facebook, the best way to do so is the email I threw out at the top of the intro. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the interview and conversation with Jocelyn Fitzgerald here on the Blind Broadcaster Podcast. Well, you want the podcast? You got the podcast. It's episode 23, yes, with soon-to-be employer. And thank goodness we're actually doing this. And for you, how long has football been a part of your life, and when did you know that you wanted to play football? Well, mainly because the reason why... No, nobody don't believe this, but the reason why it happened to be with my big brother. Nice. My big brother, he played football for the city of Franklin since he was young, and he played for our high for my um, high school team before wow. injury. Before injury, sidelined him for good, and he hasn't played since. Mm. And. And I look on YouTube and I see these women's football teams playing, playing and tackling. And I'm thinking, why doesn't my hometown have one? They have a similar pro men's team here, but not a women's team. Mm-hmm. So around late 2015, I have started to try to put a football team together. And the first time I tried to do it, I went backwards about it. Whoops. I was like, I was like backwards. I went butt backwards about it. So I jumped in with both feet and they slipped from underneath me and I fell flat on my ass. Mm-hmm. So when you started you know, to do it again. Yeah. How many teams did you look at and what did you feel like you had to do differently for this one? Compared to the first well, incarnation. I to, well, I had to give what you're looking at will be a team that nobody has ever seen. Like I said before, we will be, everybody's going to be expecting us not to go through it for the first time because we are the underdogs. Mm-hmm. And nobody has ever rooted for the underdog. But with my team, with my team we'll set out to put people wrong, every spectator and they say it. And you know that's going to that we belong on the field just as much as everybody else. We're just as good as the men, if not better. It seems like you have a lot of former players that 
wanted to play with you the first time, but yes, I it didn't do. work out. But it seems like now you're getting most of those people back. Yep. Yep. So when I started out, I had about twenty-three people. That would have classified me for Division Two. Mm-hmm. And in actuality, I did have twenty-two because it would classify me as either Division Two or Division Three, determined on how you look at it. Yep. Because before we got even started, we haven't had come to find out. I was I had to call newspapers and TV stations, invite them to see what we're about. Mm-hmm. And then first you don't succeed. Try try again until it all pans out. And they didn't have a team website either due to the fact that nobody on my team knows how to make a website. So yeah, you kind of have to get your platform in place. And yeah. as we've talked about many times before, email-wise, chat-wise, that mm-hmm. you got a new coaching staff, you got yep. things and people put in place. And What have been the like challenges and the tough parts of getting this thing actually up and running like you wanted it? Uh, like like an old saying goes, it, uh, like an old saying goes, and it's still true to this day. Getting it up and going is a work in progress. Slowly but surely, a methodically, a work in progress. The further along we work at it, the more we progress. And the more we progress, we will be right where we want to be. And we'll show the world that we, she did not agree, just like the rest of them, and not more. But we're not willing to uh, sacrifice our reputation just to do it. Because lately, teams today, lately, women's teams, they're looking at scrimming at the bottom of the barrel and resort to dirty tactics, like dirty plays and dirty hits. Yep. Which is not what my team is about. Because I've you and, know, followed women's football a little bit, so. I've done some women's football games, and I mean, some of those players, I mean, they can get a little rough from time to time. Sometimes yep. cross the line. Yep. You don't want that. I really, really don't. Because the one, because the one thing I hate seeing is people getting hurt because they're not careful, and because they get too careless when you hit somebody. What was the first women's football team you played was, for? Did you have a women's football team to play for until you started to think on creating this one? Well, for me, yep, for I, you. the way I see it, it kind of started with, it kind of actually started for me during my junior and senior year in high school. 
because I have played football for two years. And I was a good offensive tackle and a good offensive tackle and tight end too. So I was pretty good either way. Learning, learning for a while, learning from my brother and from my teachers who are still coaching that game to this day. What I, what I can do, I can set my mind to it. All I, all I had to do was actually believe that I could. Because nine times out of ten, when I started this, many people had me try to doubt myself. But many people don't know there are several reasons why I don't doubt myself. One of them just happens to be a 16-year-old girl. And she's the reason why I keep going all the time. Even keep me from going to the darkest of places that will make me not want to come back. You're still looking to recruit that you're wanting to get for this team. Well, I'm basically looking for, I'm looking for players who are willing to put in the time and effort. And no time and effort is wasted without sacrifice. Yep. There are some sacrifices that can be made. Because even though some of those who have jobs, if you can be able to work around your work schedule, that we can. Most people who would, like, before we, when I uh, start doing these practices, we're only doing them two nights a week for two hours mm-hmm. from six to eight. Because most of them has to work at nine, at nine o'clock at night. So I have to be, uh, be able to accommodate to that situation. And many people, and, so, and when I first started out, the 22 people who came there, they were willing to put in the time and the effort. So the reason why I started with players all the way when they realized how much time and effort that needs to be put in, that sacrifices do have to be made. Which means the change of your work schedule. If we start practice at 6 at 8 o'clock, and you got to be at work at 10 well, in at 8 o'clock. So you'll be able to get to work on time. And a lot of these athletes, as we've talked about many times before, in the professional world of women's football, don't get paid for their work a lot of the time. No. It's just for the love of the game, unfortunately. Yep. Because it's kind of hard to find women who want to do this because they want to do this, not because they want to get paid for it. And if you are that type of way, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but I'm not going to be mean about it, and I'm not going to sugarcoat it, but I'm not the type of owner who's going to reward somebody for bad behavior, like a certain commissioner of the LFL. And we talked about many times time. in chat. Yeah, and he does this all the time, which is the reason why the WFA board of directors do not like him. They don't like him for the simple fact that he's making a mockery out of the women's out of the women's football. Period. 
he made it a mockery when he decides that that a that a shirtless tank top and booty shorts qualifies as a football uniform. Not really. You gotta have more than that. Mm, yeah. And, and yes, I do. I do remember the yellow belt and that, because, and that's how that's how he is. That's the reason why I say I ain't gonna say I ain't gonna name no names because I don't want to out nobody here on this podcast. Of course, because if I do, you, many people are not gonna like my bad side because I'm trying to keep from doing that. But yeah. the thing is, he's making a mockery of women's football in general. He thinks he thinks it's a publicity stunt. And for the last three years, many people have went along with it. Because they thought it was a publicity stunt. I think a lot of people still think it's a publicity stunt. I mean, it's football, people. It's not like, you know, it's not like a female's not going to go out and try to play football and say, oh, this is just a publicity stunt. A lot of these ladies actually come out there and actually... And actually play. I, I asked. I asked. Uh, I asked a. Um, I asked somebody about that, mm-hmm. and she said, "Didn't ta- uh, tackling people getting tackled, throwing the ball? Y'all there have a good time? Hey, they survive on that. This is women's football. It ain't ballet. No, don't need the sugar coating. If you're gonna get hit, get hit for it. Exactly. You don't need to whip. You don't need to whip out. Exactly." I don't care if it's male or female football. I don't care if it's seven on seven, eight on eight, whatever. Football's yeah. football. True. If you actually play it the right way. Yeah. But sadly, yeah. a lot of and people to, don't play football to, the right way. And to sound like a broken record, to quote one CM Punk unsafe work conditions, most people would thrive on that. Exactly. Hell, it is football. That ain't ballet. No. And it's Never has been. And I don't care who you are, and I don't care he, what you do. Here's the thing. You're going to get hit, and you're going to get back up, and you're going to hit that person back. Yep. But don't be an asshole about it and do a cheap shot. That's yep, unsportsmanlike, and that's cowardly. And why do I not see more penalty flags in women's football with things that should be outlawed anyway that's in the rule book either enforce it either 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 throw the flag the way it's supposed to be or don't throw it at all and take it out of the book because if you're going to allow cheap shots and things like that I actually talked to the guy who was one of the shareholders of the WFA he has every game he went to he sees that all the time and our players are disregarding the rules. People are getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And the refs are For no reason. kind of not doing their job. For somebody's no going to get hurt. Somebody's going to get sued. And somebody's going to be in some major league trouble. Yep. Accountability's got to go somewhere. It's got to start with that one person. It's got to be held accountable for any little thing. And yeah, we, as not only players, but as owners, we should not only have a so high state of accountability. Because without accountability, it's chaos. It, it, it should start from the top down because, it, you know, if 
the owner knows that this player is going to, you know, go above board across the line and do yeah. that, then there should be some type of a punishment yep. for A, where it should yep. be a message sender yep. to everybody in to the be, league. Yeah, it has to start somewhere. People are going to have to be held accountable for their actions. There's actions and consequences. Yep, because what was that playoff game? It was a misfits, and I think it was that. A team in Arkansas. Yes, I, yeah. yes there was. And I it, it, was a, to, it was a playoff game. It was an overtime. Yeah. And yes. I think one of the players. Yes, I talked to two players uh, from the Misfits who used to be my neighbors living here in Franklin. They told me about that playoff game. And I was there. I called and, that and, game. And, and, uh, and she said what the Arkansas player did to one of their players was a shitty move. And they stomped, stomped on their uh, wide receiver's hand. And I, think one of the, and I think one of the players, if I'm not mistaken, before the game was over, because there was one of the other players, it took them a long time to get her off the field because she got smoked in the head. Yep. Hit, hit the fence and then bounced off the fence, and then she was out for a while, and I'm like, okay. Yeah. At some point, there's got to be some rules somewhere where, you know, if you're – if you're gonna be king, if you're knocked out for that long, it shouldn't take yeah. that long to get you out, get out of the game. But it did because I think they only had like one ambulance or something. Yeah, and here's my say: if you're gonna be a brick on the field, you are. If you if you look, if you're gonna do that, it's like this: if I sign you up to be the player, I believe you can be the best player you can be. That you can be a possible role model not only on the field but off the field. Mm-hmm. But you go onto the field, you're representing my team, you're representing my team's colors. You come out here and you be a gigantic butthole about it. Not only am I kicking you out the game, I'm kicking you off the team because I have no place for it. I don't believe in dirty ta- I don't believe in dirty tactics. I don't believe in dirty plays. I Agree don't believe you. in doing Cheap stuff. Doing everything the mean. right way to the best of your ability. Yeah. Without being stupid about it. There is a yeah. way to play a game. Because if you're going to be an asshole about it, and you're going to be an asshole about it, and disregard the rules that's there for everybody's safety, guess what? I'm holding that, accountability. I'm holding you responsible. You're off the team. So you must as well turn in your uniform and go. Because I have no place it, for you. Because it makes the ownership group look bad because it took a chance on you, uh, it took a chance on signing you to play for them and you're going to turn around and do that. That's basically a payment of disrespect. Like, how do you think that would make somebody else feel if they took a chance on you, you go out there and act like a total... Douchebag. Douche. Yep. An idiot. And that's how you repay the people that gave you the opportunity. That's not yeah. a good repayment because they put faith in you. Yeah. That's like biting off the hand that feeds you and not putting the cart before a horse. That's biting off the hand that feeds you and then stumbling on that said hand afterwards. Because yeah, like the old adage, dog as bite a, man. As, a, as an owner... I put my as an owner. You put your reputation on the line for this person, and yeah, so I mean, the person who you sign them, sign them, 
They put the you put your reputation on the line to acquire this person, and they take your reputation and tarnish it in one stupid, bullheaded move. That's because basically, all they do is think about themselves. Yep, that's a selfish move because you know you can't think about self because you're dealing with. 25 to 35 other players, maybe even 39 to 40 other players because everybody's depending on you to do your job so everybody else can do their job. Yeah. And uh, when I talked to uh, Lisa King months ago, hey, I was like, I'm going to sneeze there. (laughs) Sorry about that. When Mm -hmm. I talked to her, she had retired the entire Central Cal War Angels. Mm. That was her. That was her and her husband's team that they own. Oh wow! They stepped out as owners last, as of two years ago. Was that a particular they reason why ba- they they ain't look back? Now they're just the Cali War Angels, and her former quarterback owns the team now. Oh wow! Well, at least it stayed. At least it stayed with the former players that were there. So, yep, they kind of have an idea. Yeah, but with the nightmares women's football and, team and, was there, and she's and also there's also there were also two reasons why she stepped down from the board of directors of the WFA because of what happened in Wisconsin. That's why that because of what they're taking they're taking a the heat for in Wisconsin because of that heat because of that mess with that player mm-hmm. transition. Which we did talk about, you know, off recording on more than one yeah, occasion. Yeah, off, off the record. Yep, off record. But the thing is, this the other thing is, but Lisa is correcting a mistake that she had made when that mess started. She she clean she was cleaning up a mess that she made, mm-hmm. and she and what she did was step down as. One of the members of the board of directors, her and her husband, mm-hmm. because it, because for them, according to her, it was the right thing to do. Because and sometimes you have to sacrifice your own reputation and make those type of moves. Yep. Because they have to be made. Yep. I know they didn't want to, but they had no choice but to. Yep. Because. The thing is, their reputation, uh, the Central Cal War Angels' reputation already took a hit as a blood. Because they, well, not, not basically not them, but many players who played for the WFA came from other leagues who had worse rules than they did. You see, if if you go to sign a team from another league, yep, and they gave a they gave a valid reason why they left the said league, then by a good reason, I show a sign of good faith by signing this team. Yep, you should be able to return that sign of good faith by playing the best to your abilities and not be a jackass about it. Exactly. And that and that goes okay. with anything. I mean, if, you know, if you get hired on a job, if you, I mean, if you get hired on a job, if you, you know, whatever you're doing, yeah. If somebody puts it, it as a fool that wants to put me sign you, exactly. 
But that's the reason why that's the reason why the Smashers had dissolved years ago. Because they had people that were selfish mm. and didn't do not their job. In the, in the IWFL. Now, it was not only the players that were selfish, it was the coaches too. Because mm-hmm. they were also getting into altercations with the players. Yep. And you can't do that if you're building a team. You can't do that. No. Are you insane? <laughs> Why on earth would you hit a player, a female player at that? Don't you know you could, one, get sued for, two, you have charges brought up against you. And I'm three, surprised that three. I'm surprised that female didn't sue him or her. I'm surprised. Yeah. They did not. Mm-mm. So how did you decide to come up with the nightmares or was that a ownership group thing that that was going to be? I, the- I, I actually came up with it. I actually came up with it. Any reference behind it? Or was it just something that you thought it was going to be cool just to use the name? Well, well, it's cool. I was going to name my team the Franklin Nightmare, but I changed it. I added an S to the end of it because there was already a team called the New York Nightmare who spelled their name with a K. And I I looked them up because there's a team that spells their name with a K. The New York Nightmare. (laughs) And, And oddly enough, and oddly enough, that team was based on a video game. Yeah, I believe you're correct. But I can't remember yeah. which game it was. But I know... I, I, actually, I do know because I had this game. I know it. It's Blitz the League. I know it. Was that the NFL really Blitz like, game? Yeah, it was called Blitz the League. It's a oh, football wow. game. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And on, and on that game, the New York Nightmare. Wow. I don't remember that game, though. It, it, came, it came out in the early 2000s. Like, uh, no, mid-2000s, like 2006. Mm. It, was on, it was on the PlayStation 2. Is that the only women's football game that was ever out? It was, not, it was actually not a women's football game, actually. The women's football team in New York, the New York Nightmare, took their name from a fictional video game football team. Holy smokes. Yeah. It took it, it actually took me a while when I put two and two together. I was like, I said, oh my lord, this team in New York will name their team after a fictional football team of a video game. Well, apparently it worked because it's doing just fine. Yep. Otherwise, they wouldn't they probably would have gotten uh, sued. Yeah, but- the, difference, the difference between that and the fictional football team, they don't have a jackass who pisses on the play. Right. Yeah. Now, now you, now you know, in this pod, you know, there's going to be a lot of editing on this thing. <laughs> I can, I can already, I can already see it. There goes, there goes the pod right down the crapper. <laughs> yeah. But, however, let's talk about this team. Nope. How many players are left to get, and how many players have actually agreed to actually play on this thing? <laughs> When I, like I said, when I started out, I started out with 22. And how many of them did you get back? Getting back? I'm getting back 15. So over half. Yeah. So at least you're going to have at least some players that already know what your system is. Yeah. 
but I can't I, fit to do out. I actually have players who I only at least have a, a few players with experience on my team who know what they're doing. And I actually had a, a very, very interesting con- uh, conversation from a former player out of the off the Arizona team. Mm. She moved to Clarkson a couple of years ago. Oh, are you talking about the team that's now the, uh, what is it now, the Tennessee uh, Diamondbacks now? I, I, think, I think that was their, they were the Arizona Diamondbacks at the IWFL. Well, I, th- I think I think I remember if I remember right, there was a team called the um, Tennessee Diamondbacks, and I don't know if that was the team or if that was, you know, a different team or not. Because nah. I know they're playing at a Clarksville. I know that. Actually, talking to she was the former linebacker and defensive back for this team in Arizona. Okay. Her, she played for three years. Her name is Grace Learhoff. Grace who? Learhoff. Oh, okay. So she's going to be I playing. Actually to, I actually had to I actually had to search her name on YouTube. Oh, wow. And I found game footage. I found game footage of her playing in Arizona. On this former women's team in Arizona. She is a monster. Oh, that's going to be good to see on the field. She's a good, decent player. I'll put it this way. That's going to be good to see on the field, at least having somebody that has some experience playing women's football. So at yeah. least you get that. Yeah. Plus, you told me our QB is going to be Clifton, who's back there, who's going yeah, to be back there. From the Smashers and the Passion. Now, I don't remember her on the Smashers because I, really I don't remember following women's football until I started doing the Misfits, but I've heard of the Smashers. So, you know. Yeah. Before she came to Nashville, she was living in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. She was living there to be closer to her family. She was playing for the Pittsburgh Passion. And I think the, I think the Pittsburgh Passion, I think they're still online, I think. Yes, they are. But now the Pittsburgh Passion are part of the WNFC. And that's another league I know you were looking at. Yeah. And I, and I, actually, I actually found them on their YouTube page. I actually sent a message to Miss Jenkins. Oh wow! About a possibility if she was looking for to have a team from the Volunteer State in her room. Yeah, she she told me she'll think about that. So because the way it is is. What, what league? What what way to play on a league that has no player fees? And you can put as many players as you want. And they probably have a playoff system, and you probably don't have to worry about divisions uh, one, two, yeah, or three. Yeah, the WRC was one of the leagues that canceled their season this year because of COVID nineteen. That was supposed to have a championship game next month. The the WFA's was. This month, well, last month, last weekend, actually, mm-hmm. and probably going to be on an, on ESPN three, where hardly, unless you have the internet, that nobody's going to get. Yeah, actually, ESPN I think ESPN. Three. Actually, I think it would have been on ESPN two. Yep. Probably. I actually found I actually found a game that was played about two years ago, no, three years ago. 
there was that well uh, no actually it was played recently before the games were canceled this game was on ESPN oh wow it was the Cali War Angels and the Boston Renegades really really and it's on YouTube sweet so I give, looked it up so give yeah Nightmare I fan, it give Nightmare fans and the Folks that are Maybe. interested about this team, more info about players and things like that for this team. Well, part of my well, basically, my, my team, my team, what what my team is actually consists of, and what my team actually has a mission statement on, is if we are if we're going to be leaders, we got to be followers before we can lead, and before mm-hmm. we can lead, we have to teach. So our basic goal is to teach, follow, and then lead by the example by the teachers that we're learn. So if that way on and off the field, we could be not only leaders on the field, but off the field and in our communities. Because mm-hmm. we're gonna wanna make a positive change in people's lives. We want to make sure that people who come and see us play will come and get to know us, not only as a team, but as individuals as well, from different walks of life. Whether you are a police officer, a nurse, a retail worker, a healthcare worker, a stay-at-home mom, it don't matter. If you love the game like as much as the next person does, and you willing to willing to do what it takes to show them that, hey, I might be a stay-at-home mom, but out here on this field, I can play. Yeah, and I will command respect. I will demand respect, and I will give respect. Because basically, it also it also plays together in how we respect one another as players and coaches and owners, but as people in general. And respecting your opponent at all times. Yes, we do. So give the folks some more idea about some of the key faces and key places and some new players that could have a possibility of making the squad. Okay. Most mostly the way it is, because if you actually, because the way I will do it is, if we have an open open tryouts, I'll have my coaching staff and if. If I make an appearance myself, I'll be down there to see exactly what you can do and what you can bring to the table. If you're good as you say you are, I'll find a spot to put you. But if you're just learning about this game, you you can still play on the team. You'll learn as you go along because we also will teach you how to play the basic fundamentals and rules mm-hmm. and, and take the regulations. So not only will you be able to play the right way, and the correct way, and the safe way, you can play without as so much as getting hurt. Because the less injured mode you'll be, the better off you'll be. But if, like I said, but if you're injured, things have to come first. I'm not, not only am I making an owner's decision, I'm making a decision as a person who gets hurt. My health is more important than the next play. Somebody else can fill in for me. My health comes first. 
And so also for while I type up my contract, mm-hmm. for each contract, there's a clause in it and the rules and regulations. As a player, if you get hurt, no excuses, no exceptions, and no bad talk, at my discretion, you're going to the hospital. You're going to the hospital, you're going to get checked out. Because to me, a player's health and health and well-being is always going to be a top priority to me. Sure. But sadly, a lot of, a lot of owners don't look at it that way. Nope. I'm one, I'm one, I'm, I'm rare, I'm one rare owner that does. Because if, if a person gets hurt, cool, I have somebody to fill your spot until you heal up. You'll still play in your spot, but you also, I can also put you in another spot. You'll be doing double duty. But at, but at my discretion, until you're at 100% better. Because I don't want you to go out on the field, re-injure that same part, they wound up having to lose that body part for making the biggest sacrifice of them all. Because that that right there is, will show a testament. If, if you willing, most people who are willing to sacrifice their bodies must love to get so much, but that not to the point of the extent that if you sacrifice your body so much that one part of your body is beyond repair and you lose that part of you. Mm-hmm. You're losing one part of you that makes you you, but you get in another part in, in place. You're still mm-hmm. you. You can still play. Just don't let that be your mentality. And say, what if I can't play again? What can if I can't walk again? What if I lose this part? What if I lose my arm? What if I lose my leg? What if I lose my eye? Or get brain damage. Yeah, brain damage. If you if you take a concussion. I'm putting that concussion protocol in play and I'm taking you out for your <laughs> safety. For your sake. Is that is that money. something that whatever league you do that we did that either you decide to go in yeah. or go into so is that something that or is that basically a team's call on whether or not they need to use concussion protocol or is it mandatory? If I, if I, it's like this. If a player gets if a player gets hit head off. I'm putting concussion protocol in place. If you if you get hit in the head, if you take a hit to the head, and you either slow or get up and can't get up at all, chances are I'm taking you out of the game as a precaution, and you get you checked out by a medical profession, send you to the hospital for a CT scan. If you if you get that many shots to the head, chances are you you wound up with CTE. And I don't want to risk your health and well-being because even though you love the game, your health comes first. Your health and well-being comes first. The game comes second. Because is, lately these days, many people get that so far backwards, many people lose their lives from this mess. Exactly. And, and that's one demographic we going to have to, and we as owners have to change. We as owners have to care about our players as people, not just players. But actual human beings with actual lives, with families. Yeah, because they're humans first. They got, they got their families coming to their, these games, and they get worried about them. And they take a hit. You want to reassure their family; they're going to be okay. Yep. 
most and most people and then one step as a player as an owner to take that precaution is we got to assure these family members that the doctors are going to do the best they can to their abilities and to make sure that your loved one will be okay that that will be from a medical standpoint and if the medical standpoint will coincide with my standpoint and the player does exactly what I tell them to and what the doctors tell them to. Chances are they'll have a healthy recovery and they can get back to the game they love. But if they take the shortcut way, and if I find a shortcut way or the easy way to come back into the game and keep doing it, but I find out about it, I'm sorry. As owner, this will make me liable. I have to pull. I have to pull you out. Because if you, because if you do something that's underhanded that undermines my rules, I have to pull you out regardless, and pull you off the team. You'll still be a part of the team. You just won't be playing at all for health and safety reasons. But. If you, but if you want to speed up the recovery because you're using PEDs, nope. Nope. This ain't the NFL. This ain't the NFL. I'm not Roger Goodell. And I think I saw something where they are now going to lack some of the testing in the NFL, I think. But I don't know, like, with all the women's leagues that are, you know, in plays – a concussion protocol, something that's already in the mandatory rule book, or is that something that is going to be moving forward? If you've heard anything from anybody else in other leagues, well, me personally, I think the concussion protocol should be in the rule book as a precaution, not only for the players' sake, but for the owners of these teams and for the commission themselves. That way. That way, they will have a backup plan. And then we have to make sure that their place is going to be okay for the long run. Because <laughs> otherwise, we're going to end up just like the NFL. We, right now, the NFL still got 125 lawsuits to their name. The, WF, the women's leagues don't need to be like that. Our first goal is to teach about concussion, percussion, uh, concussion protocol. Learn from it learn about it, and do something to make sure that it doesn't happen on that field on game day. Because we don't need nobody to wind up with CTE and doing something crazy. Or anything for that matter. True. And I, and I, think, I think we talked about this before that I think there were a few leagues where there was like some insurance coverage or something with the players yeah. if they got hurt or something. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. Because I know we had talked about that before. Off. Yeah, because basically all I know is that the WFA, if, 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 a, if a football team in the WFA uses somebody else's field, like for example, right now the Misfits, Misfits are playing their games on uh, uh, DuPont Hadley Middle School. Mm-hmm. They're using a middle school, uh, a middle school's football field. Right. They attached that two point five million dollar insurance policy. That covers not only 
the team, but it covers the field, the school of the field that the game is being played on. Because nobody will want to be caught off guard without this. Nobody wants to be caught off guard. Nobody wants to get hurt. Nobody wants to get sued. Nobody wants nothing bad to happen. That's why they're always going to be pro- need to be protocols put into place. Not only from not only from the commissioner themselves and the board of directors, but every team in general will need to have this protocol put into place as a safety net. So that way, along the line, whoever field you're using, not only would you be safeguarded with this, that field will be too. And more likely, nobody will wind up getting hurt. Because the way I see it, knowing some football teams, they're playing on football fields with deplorable conditions. In other words, they're playing on fields that have gopher holes in the ground. Mm. And that's an easy way to get hurt if you you step in one of those. Yeah, yeah. And then if that... Because before before I moved my team's practices to a practice field at a nearby middle school, we were practicing in Jim Warren Park. And I haven't been the most unfortunate one to step in a hole while doing a doing a doing warm ups and twist my ankle. Mm. I twisted my ankle and I heard it. I heard it pop when I turned my foot. I, I have to make sure I still move my foot, which I could, thank goodness. But there was like three or four gopher holes right where we're practicing at. So and, and that's why you, and that's why we discussed things like that where you have to have some things and some clauses in place yeah. for things mm-hmm. where players could get hurt by accident or you know if they step yeah. into a rope roll not because of their own doing it's just there and it's a safety yeah. hazard yeah and now, like and like I like I said, and as a, and like I said, as a team owner, everybody's vote matters and counts. Every player, everybody should have a vote in what's going on with the team, not just the owners and the coaches, but the players as well. And at that point, my team is one was one is one of those teams that everybody's going to be worried about their health, their safety. And there will be, because mm-hmm. we can't play on a field that has gopher hole, or any Somebody hole for that matter. Hurt. Somebody could get hurt. We'll be we'll be on the ball for this one. Yeah, you'll be on the hook for it. Yep. As you wrap this thing, that way, that way, most people think that paying two hundred and fifty dollars for two and a half million dollar insurance policy will be a good safety net. And it kind of is. And it kind of is. Yep. When fans come out and watch these pickup games. Yeah. On the schedule. What are are the... What should the fans fans expect with these, with the schedule, and what should they be looking for with both, with your team plus the opponent that they're going to be playing and pick up home and away? 
It is just right. a One preview thing. of what's ahead for 2021 and beyond. With okay. this team. Hey, what they can expect? You're gonna expect a team of hardworking individuals, those as individuals and as collectively as a whole, as two teams should, showing each other respect on and off the field. You're gonna look at two teams who are gonna give it their all and get something back in return, show a sense of pride in their accomplishment mm-hmm. of what they what they do. And what's coming in 20, 2021 and beyond, you're going to see more of the same. You're going to see us coming back. With more experience, we're going to come back and see us that we are more knowledgeable, that we learn more, that we got more, we gain more knowledge, we gain more experience. You want to see a team that knows exactly what they're doing at all times. What plays, what plays they need to do, where spot they need to be, what position, know all the rules, so down pat, even further down the line. And for years to come, that many people who have been there can say, now there are, now there is an example of a team that shows the true meaning of the word good sportsmanship on and off the field because of things like that. So how many teams do we... Before you teach somebody else, you got to teach yourself. How many teams do we know of that are at least you already have home and homes with and how many teams are either on the fence or not sure yet if they're going to be able to, you know, play a pickup game against you? All right. I know of that... Reached out to the Huntsville Tigers. They're they're considering it. I reached out to the Alabama Fire. They're also considering it because they think it's a good idea to sharpen their to sharpen their skills, mm-hmm. which is a good way to do so to make sure they'll stay in shape and stay coordinated along the way along the line when the season reopens again. Cincy, I had the good, I had a good pleasure of talking to Inky Williams. That man is a football legend, and I watched him play as a dolphin growing up. Mm. He's the one who's coaching the fusion. Oh, wow. Yeah, and seeing him coaching the hey, of these women, you see why they're good. And that's what you want to get to. And that's the standard you want to get to with your bunch. Yeah. Yeah. He's coaching the heck out of those women because they're learning from the best. Well, of course. The best you got to learn from the best. Well, when you're learning from a guy that's actually been on the field, knows how to play on the field, coach, yeah. and, you know, give his knowledge, sure. That's what you yep. expect. That's what's expected. Unless you can't coach and you're just being selfish, you don't really care. You're just not going to teach a team and teach players yeah. the right way to play. Yeah. And and I have been on a WFA conference call one time. And one time when I got in through a conference call, I had actually got to talk to Franco Harris. One of the original players from the 1971 World Series, uh, Super Bowl champion Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah, I think he won a few of those back in his day. Yeah, he won a few. 
Tim yep. Bradshaw. Yeah, but he, yeah, but he, but he was one of the members of the 1971 Super Bowl champions. Mm-hmm. And he's the one who tried. Who and he's the one who kind of figured out what was wrong with their main quarterback and several members of his own line because CTE's got to most of them, and they did something stupid. Yep. Yeah. He was he was at home when his coach told him that Michael Wallace had uh, killed himself with a stun gun. Mm. Oh my. Yeah, he had he had a very injury so bad that not only was he drunk, but he also uh, he already had CTE already. Yeah, he had a stun gun on him. He pulled his pants down and stunned himself in the leg so many times he died. He never woke up. Oh Jesus. Like and folks. that's how the that, yeah, that's how the Pittsburgh uh, Port Authority found him. Whoa! They found him at the in the parking lot, in the in the cab of his pickup truck, pants pulled down where his boxes were showing. And that's and why. Two, and two and two stun burns, and, and two that, burn marks from a stun, two prongs of a stun gun that he used on himself. And that's why we talk about making sure that health and safety clauses are in contracts and in leagues. So in case players get hurt, they have things already in place. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm taking a bit I, out of your time. And, and, I, and, and I'm, and come to think of it, like I said, like I said, players' health and safety is number one. And, and as owners, we need to make sure we treat them as people, not just as players, because they say that a player is expendable if that happens. No. They got one life. They want to make sure they live to the fullest. They want to make sure they can see their kids grow up. Yep. Graduate high school, graduate college, get married, have kids of their own, have a family. Mm-hmm. Players need to see that. Players want that. They don't want to lose what life they have because they have CTE and their coaches tell them to keep on playing. Yep. That's bullheaded. That's bullheaded, that's selfish, and that's wrong. Well, you just said it. It's bullheaded and selfish because they're they're humans first. They're not machines. They never have been machines, never will be machines. Yeah. I don't care how you slice it. Mm -hmm. And football should be played the right way. And and Goodell and Goodell would have been on the hook for. Uh, come to think of it, Goodell would have been on the hook for three hundred more was three hundred additional lawsuits they had mm-hmm. because his predecessor knew about it and didn't do nothing. Exactly. The predecessor knew. Yeah. Paul Tagliabue. Yeah. And he now Roger Goodell's that. having to clean up Paul Tagliabue's mess. Yes. He knew about it. He knew Mike Wallace had CTE. He made the man keep playing until the fact that he was insane and he had dementia of an 87 year old man. Oof. And he don't remember where he is, who he is, or who his family is. Now he scared bad. his kids. That's bad. The, the offensive lineman, Justin Usser, he scared his wife, who was pregnant at the time with their third child. He got into his pickup car, truck, drove down the road just to turn around fishtail and cause a single car accident. Oh, come on. 
Yeah, his truck exploded with him in it. <sighs> this is why when we talk football, it's a violent sport. I mean, yeah. you know, big hits are going to happen. Injuries yeah. are going to happen. But if you yep. can find a way to make sure that you play the right way and avoid those, yep. you're going to be much better off because sometimes you're going, to get, you're going to get those hits one way or the other. Yeah. And right, now, there's, and right now, there are little boys who are playing like this. Little boys are getting hurt. Broken bones, CTE. At six, and at some, seven, And some of these football coaches, and, and yeah, some of these popular coaches, they don't care. Because all that because a lot of coaches pop one a football game on YouTube, you see the, either the home coach or the visiting coach or the parents act like a couple of jackasses. Well, you know, you're you're gonna get your fresh air parents acting like a bunch of idiots, and you're gonna get coaches unfortunately that are in this game of football or in any sport for basically the wrong reason. Like an idiot. If, if you're if you're not in it to be a teacher, to be a coach, and to be an example for your players to look up to, then you need to go find another line of work. What are you? You need to go find another line of work. That's just, that's yeah. all there is to it. Yeah. Yeah, if you're not going to be an example, then what good are you? Or if, you, if you're not going to, if you're not going to be the example why, or the teacher. Why, why did I bring you on my team? Knowing this is your mentality. You're putting my reputation at stake here by being an asshole. You're putting everybody's reputation, those that are actually in it for the right reason. Not just the owner, you're putting your coaches, you're putting your players, you're putting the players that are behind you that are actually that will actually come on the on the team and eventually play. You, you are basically you being are an example for everybody. On yeah. and off field. Yeah. No the matter I, how you slice it. Yeah. Cause you know what? Because you wanna you wanna act like this. Because at the end of the day, you already know who you gotta answer to. Because if you, because if, if this is your mentality and you choose to act like a jackass, like it or not, you putting you putting the team at stake, you putting my reputation at stake. You darn right, I'm gonna chew you a new way because you deserve it. Mm-hmm. And I hear your daughter calling. Why, TJ? Are you Yes, TJ. I'm about to cook anyway. Shoot. Mm-hmm. Calm down. Uh, I want if I Well, I'll give you an hour. I know you got to go take care of some other stuff. Thank you as always. <laughs> Shoot. Yeah, when don't I? <laughs> My job as a mother is never done. Ain't that the truth? Thanks, and hopefully, and um, of course, oh, we'll stay in touch, and hopefully... Skadge and Ross will be the get will be put together soon. Yep. And we will actually have games to actually go call. What's the call is for? Yeah. Thank you much, No problem. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.